Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be walking through a series with you. And uh, man, it's great to have the choir up here today celebrating. And we do that several times a year where we just go after it, uh, having some shared voices. And a great job with that. Appreciate you guys being a part of that. So, man, it is awesome to be able to celebrate the living God. Amen. Amen. We have a king who runs this universe and he cares about you. Like, let that settle. He's got the universe to run, and he loves you, and he's in your life, and he wants to be able to share with you. So we're walking through a series called Fearless, and what does it mean to have a relationship with our God? What does it mean to be able to have a celebration of our King where no matter what comes up, we will stand undaunted, fearless, nothing is going to move us. My God will be praised, I am in. And how do we go about doing that? What does that look like in our lives? And what things do we need to go after? And we've been walking through the book of 2 Corinthians, actually chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7. And those chapters really give you a view towards life, a view towards ministry, a view towards your God, and your God's view of you, right? And when you package all that together, man, it starts to create in you an understanding that helps you to stand fearlessly in this world. And so today we're looking at the beginning of chapter 6. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 as we talk about what it looks like to live thankfully, to live thankfully. It's a huge part of standing fearless. If we don't grasp the grace that God has poured into our lives, we're just not going to be able to stand fearlessly, all right? And so living thankfully is the passage today, and we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. And how do I go about doing that? Well, first point, be thankful for and very aware of the grace of God poured out on you day by day. Be thankful for and very aware of the grace of God poured out on you day by day. Man, if you're going to live thankfully, you certainly have to be aware of what's going on you should even be thankful for, right? And then start practicing that in those little steps and in those big steps day by day. And uh, so here we go. Starting in in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. And uh, this is Paul talking, and he's talking to the church at Corinth. He says, working together with him. Him who? Well, whenever you jump into a passage, make sure you know what the context is. Back it up if you need to, to figure out what's going on, right? And so you go to just a couple verses back into chapter 5, and he says, therefore, we, that's believers, are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he, that's God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, are you hearing it? He's like, hey man, we're partnering with God Almighty and with Jesus Christ, and we long for Jesus Christ to be shown off, we long for him to be lifted up, and we long for God to get what's rightly due him. Working together with God... Man, that's a great way to start your day, right? As we wake up in the morning, how often do we wake up and we're like, all right, here's the 19 things I got to get done and I got to get going on and I got to get after this and I got to, 
right? And make sure you wake up and you're like, God, my job today is to work together with you. What do you want done? Where are you headed? What do you want accomplished? And I'm in. And working together with God then, we appeal to you. Remember, we just heard the word appeal a little bit back. It says, God is making his appeal through us. And so Paul's like, so here we go. I'm appealing to you. And I'm crying out to you. The word appeal, it means to like implore. That's another word we heard back in chapter 5. To call out, to long for, to want with all you've got. And uh, we're making our appeal that you not receive the grace of God in vain. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. And how often does God bless into our lives and we're like, well, I kind of deserved that, right? I've lived in a way where God should have, and really if he didn't, I'd have been kind of bent about it. And so I'm not sure how thankful I am. I appreciate it was there, but the reality is, of course he gave that to me. Did you see what I did, right? And we start living with this level of expectation and this sort of a demand in our soul that God better give. Man, here's my request. When God gives into your life, see it, note it, and appreciate it with all you've got. Be thankful for the grace he pours in. In each and every moment of your day, be thankful for what God is doing. Man, just take a moment right now and just think, like, what? is at least one thing God's doing in my life, a grace he's pouring into my life. Think it through. Make sure you get one. And if you're here and you're like, I don't know if I really have one. Well, make sure you do not receive the grace of God in vain. Be careful. So often we get so poor at recognizing the blessings of God Man, every single good thing in your life is from God. Did you know that? James chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from the Father. He gives to you. He loves you. He cares about you. Every single good thing. The next breath you breathe and you were just graced. Right? We got to start grasping this. He's living in our lives. He's sustaining us. He's providing to us. And the breath we breathe and the health we have and the life we get to live and the friendships around us and the job provided and the home protecting and the God is good. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Man, do not let the grace of God be lavished on you in vain. And Paul specifically here, he's addressing not just grace in general, common grace, but that specific saving grace, grace that brings salvation, hope, life. Man, are you saved? Then every moment of every day, make sure that is on your lips. Thank you, God, for the grace you have given. I did not deserve it. May you get me sold out for you, okay? That's what he's talking about. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he, God says, uh, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. This is actually a quote from Isaiah 49, verse 8. He's talking to the nation of Judah, and he's like, hey, I know you've been going through some heartache, and trust me, there's some good things coming. Hang on. 
And uh, in fact, there's going to be a day where you're quoting off the salvation that I bring you. And uh, God gives them this quote, looking forward excitedly. In fact, it comes right after another quote. He says, you will be the light to the nations. For I'm going to bring salvation to you. There will be a day of salvation. And there will be great celebration. God's talking to the nation of Judah there. And Paul brings it forward as he quotes to the Corinthians. Just so you know, this is God's heart for you. He can't wait for you to be a light to the nations. And he longs for you to be a receiver of his grace, saved, not with vain, but that you might be able to make much of God and bring others to Jesus Christ. Man, may you live in a powerful way and may God get all the glory. May the salvation that God provides rock your soul and be a message to those around you. And all of God's people said, man, it's too easy to take the salvation thing and all of a sudden we're running on our own stuff again. Do not get caught up in the little details of life. Make much of your God. Celebrate the salvation we have. Uh, He says after it, behold. And a little throwback here now, but the word behold means, right? Check it out, right? Whenever you see the word behold, check it out. He's like, look at this carefully. Set your eyes on this. Grasp this. Understand this. Anywhere in scripture, when you see the word behold, stop, take a deep breath, and then start to read, looking at what he's guiding your eyes to, okay? So he says, behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. He's like, hey man, God was saying day of salvation coming, and for you Corinthians, it's now. You're tasting of salvation. You know what it is to set your sin behind you and have eternity with your God guaranteed through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. Our job as we live our lives, he says, is to make sure that we live it clean in a way where our ministry does not cause grave distraction, no obstacle, no fault. In other words, not hurting people, not controlling people, right? not making it all about self. Preaching self and self-proclamation doesn't get it done. Preaching Christ and his greatness gets it done. May we live life in a way where when people look at us, it gets easier to look at Jesus Christ, not harder. And all of God's people said, right? that's what he's talking about. He's like, man, be careful. We put no obstacle in our way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, like we are laying it on the line for him, he's in charge. We commend ourselves to you in every way. We commend ourselves. And just so you know, this does not mean we brag on ourselves, right? That would be very uh, hypocritical to the sentence he just got done saying, right? In fact, if you look in the original language, it means we stand with. We commend ourselves. We are standing with him. We are alongside of him, and we are aligning with him. And we're telling you, men, Jesus Christ is everything for us, and we will not back off. As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. In how many ways? That's a lot of ways, right? Like every single thing you say, every single thing you do, consider Christ in the midst of that. That's what Paul's saying, in every way. And then he gives us some examples here. He says, by great endurance, 
like with high patience, being able to tolerate, being able to move through and press through, not being taken off task with great endurance. Here we go. And here's some lists. So the first three we'll read together in afflictions and hardships and calamities. These are like things that happen in this world circumstantially just because it's a broken world. Things that hit you just because this world is not a fun place to live sometimes and things go wrong and stuff happens. It's not some person doing something wrong. Just the world and its brokenness brought hardship. And maybe it's a health issue you're struggling through or maybe there's some weather-related thing that came storming into your life or whatever it may be, a hardship, an affliction, a calamity. These are those circumstances that God's hand is in charge of. And you know it, you know it pretty well when you're going through one of these. You're like, nobody did anything to me, but it's still hard, man. I'm grinding on this. And I'll be honest with you, these, for me, are actually kind of easy to go through, easier to go through. I'll put it that way. And uh, as you're going through something where you know God's hand is on it, you're like, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing, and I'm not sure what you're calling me through, but here we go. And it really calls you to another level of worship. And there's been times where our family's been called through some pretty heavy calamity and hardship and being able to put our eyes fixed on God in the middle of a couple of brain surgeries and the rest, we're able to say, God, I'm not sure what's going on, but we're trusting you, right? And uh, these actually, I know the hand of God is on. You might be in that spot too where you're like, I find these a little easier. You might not be. You might be like, I find these harder. I'm kind of like, God, what are you doing? If you need a little help captaining the ship, let me know because this isn't going well. And, uh, right, and, uh, man, with great endurance, he gives the next step, uh, beatings and imprisonments and riots. This is when people go wrong and it hurts you. And I'll be honest with you, I do worse here by far. There's a, there's a moment when somebody making a mistake in your life does something and there's, right, and you're like, why did they do that? And, and these beatings and imprisonments and riots, Paul's like, I've been wronged in so many ways by people, and it's been unfair, and, right? Don't you start to camp on things, and all of a sudden you're like, I can't believe they, don't they understand what, why are they doing the, right? And all of a sudden we start talking about people, we get very horizontal, and our worship plummets, and uh, Paul's like, hang in there. Man, are you going through something where you are experiencing pain because of a person in your life? doing something with great endurance, making sure your walk with Christ is without obstacle or fault so that you can point them to the greatness of Jesus Christ. Walk that walk with integrity. That's what he's talking about. Man, are you struggling through a circumstance that is beyond any human control? Are you struggling through a circumstance that is clearly human control? With great endurance, walk with your God. He says, labors and sleepless nights and hunger. This is kind of both of them hooked together. Maybe it's God brought these circumstances together. Maybe it's man caused it. Maybe it's you causing it. You're grinding it out. You're working hard. You're not getting much sleep. You've got anxiety that's ripping you apart. You're, you're focusing on the things that need to be done, and you're trying to figure all that out. And Paul's like, I'm just telling you, uh, even in the middle of those tough moments of heavy work, no sleep, no food, endure greatly and get ready. May your God be glorified. 
Man, that's a hard list to be walking through, you know? Paul's like, make sure Christ is made much of when it's all falling apart, right? And then he's like, but hang on. Here's some tools that'll help you to go through that. He's like, by purity and knowledge and patience, purity, like a cleanness of soul, you're running with your God, you're getting it right with Him. And knowledge, you grasp what's taking place and you understand which way you're headed with your God. And patience, as you take your strides with your God, understanding that what He's allowing sovereignly as He's in charge can be trusted. Kindness, where you bring a softness to those around you, no matter even if they're bringing hardness to you, right? And uh, the Holy Spirit, I love that one. Some of the other ones are kind of like us doing some things, and you can kind of mistakenly believe you're muscling it in. You're like bringing the strength yourself. And then he's like, and then there's God, right? And uh, the Holy Spirit with you, encouraging you and praying on your behalf, counseling into your soul, transforming you one degree of glory at a time. You are not alone as you go through the hardship. Your God knows exactly what you're going through. And he is right there with you. The Holy Spirit and then genuine love because where the Holy Spirit is working Truly, God is love, and that love pouring out of your God into you will pour out of you and into them. And a genuine love, you truly care for them. In other words, not fake love. What is that? You know, where you make it look like it on the surface, and inside you're like, I can't stand them right now. You know what I'm talking about? That moment where you're like, all right, fine, I'm going to do this for them. And you go over and you help, and the whole time you're helping them, you're like, I can't believe they didn't think ahead to get this planned out. Why should I have to be here? And you start to challenge in your soul everything. And outside, you're giving this smile. And you're doing what's needed. And that's fake love, right? It's like, God, I'm here for them no matter what they need. My soul all the way out to my hands and lips. May I be here for you, right? And God, I long to have a genuine love. It says, by truthful, truthful speech and the power of God. It's funny I tripped on the word speech there. I don't know why that happened, but... By truthful speech and the power of God. I love that those two go together. Truthful speech and the power of God. Because here's the deal, man. When you are fully trusting in your God, you just lay the truth out there, whatever it is. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And if I'm right, well, then so be it. That's where I'm at. But here's the truth. As we see it, this is what's going on. Full truth, then full power of God at work. And just so you know, the moment that you start saying, I'm not sure God's got this, now you'll start entering in man's power and you start going half-truth. Did you know that? The moment you start shading truth, just so you know, you don't think God's got it. You're like, I'm going to have to help him here. We're going to have to not share some of this bad stuff and I'm going to have to share way flowery positive stuff. In fact, I'm going to have to make it sound like it all went well over here when really it didn't. I'm going to give a half or a quarter truth here and try to manipulate a thought. Do you see how guys start throwing man-centered power into it? He's like, just use the truth and let God work. And all of God's people said, are you committed to being careful, loving, gentle, and truthful in all that you do? And that's what brings an endurance in the midst of the heartache and a truthful speech in the power of God. 
with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. He's like, make sure the actions you're about are all about the righteousness of God. Get after the things that God would be after. And uh, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, whether it's going well or going really, really bad, right? He's like, just get ready. Whichever way it's going, live for your king. And, uh, and are you there? Let's be honest, America kind of teaches the exact opposite, right? In the middle of honor, be thankful. And in the middle of dishonor, complain as loudly as you can, right? Let everybody know how unfair it is, right? And uh, that's not what God calls us to. In the middle of the heaviest of heavies, God does a work. And man, I'm just telling you, he works in our souls in the middle of affliction. And I would love it if our souls would be designed and working so that whenever it was easy, we got stronger. But that's not how it works. It's when we're being stretched that we get stronger. It's when we're placed under pressure. Quite frankly, it's a lot like weightlifting. Think about it that way. You go to weightlift, and as you go to press, you're actually tearing little pieces of your muscle when you lift. Did you know that? That's actually what's going on. There's little micro tears going on, and then after it comes a time of healing, and in that healing, it actually heals back a little stronger, and now if you go back and press again, you're actually tearing a little bit again, and then healing again. There's strength that comes through the struggle. As long as there's right amounts of healing time and right amounts of intake. And man, it is so the same thing in the spiritual domain. God walks us through things that stretch us. They reveal to us our weaknesses and we start leaning more on him. And we get it a little bit. And our worship gets a little stronger. God calls us through the middle of pain to be worshiping our king. And all of God's people said... Man, hear me on this. Last week, we did baptisms. We had 41 people baptized last week. It was an awesome celebration, top to bottom, in all three services. Just a great time of celebration. And man, I'm telling you, we had a resounding message that came through last week over and over and over again, was I went through some heartache. God used some struggle to wake me up to my need for him. We heard it repeatedly throughout the day. So uh, I actually wanted you to capture a little bit of that. So uh, Reese, our, kind of our new video guy here, ended up going through and picking out some testimonies from last week of just a little bit of heartache and struggle, or a lot of it, that they were going through and how God worked. Listen to me. God can be glorified in the affliction, and God is at work. 41 baptized lives rocked all over the place. And uh, even had one person at the 430 service who came up afterwards and... Uh, Said she didn't know what was going on. Sat down with John and they talked for probably an hour. She accepted Christ at the end of that. Hear me, man. God at work. And um, man, if it's rough in your life right now, God is at work. Hang on with great endurance, leaning into him with all you've got. Trust him and watch God do some amazing things. And all of God's people said, all right. That's the first point. Second, expect misunderstanding, false accusation when you walk with Jesus Christ. Oh, that sounds like fun, right? <laughs> expect misunderstanding and false accusation when you walk with Jesus Christ. It says, uh, 
Paul's writing this, we are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. Paul's like, I'm just telling you, we're in the church plant arena here. We're creating churches on fire for Jesus Christ. We're longing for people to glorify their God. And they're calling me an imposter, a fake. I don't even know what that means. What's he faking? Like, we're not even sure what they're calling him an imposter about, right? Somehow he's pointing to Jesus Christ and they're like, whatever, right? That, that's what's going on. And, and he's like, I'm just telling you, the name calling is getting high. They're calling me an imposter. Yet we are true. We are walking with our God no matter what. Nothing is going to take us off task. And uh, as unknown and yet well-known. They're like, who is this guy? He's nothing, right? And he's like, well, first of all, actually, I used to be a Pharisee, and a lot of people knew me under that, but ignoring that, my God knows me. I am a child of God, and the king of the universe stands on my behalf. I am known. And it doesn't matter that you're attacking cheaply right now. He's like, as dying, and behold, which means, check it out, we live. They're like, that guy's nothing. Death is in his hands. He doesn't share the truth. He's dying. And he's like, no, man, eternal life is being shared out. And God is rocking this world one soul at a time. And I praise God I'm a part of it. And I praise God I have eternity with him. Man, does any of this ring true for you? Are you in an environment where family or friends or coworkers are taking some cheap shots? Maybe they're misunderstanding what's going on. They don't grasp what's happening in your life. Maybe your claim is rivaling their claim and and so they're taking some cheap shots on it. He's like, just so you know, uh, we've been punished yet not killed. And uh, punished yet not killed. Like, they brought whip. They brought rod. They threw stones at us to kill us. They dragged us out of the city and left us for dead. But God had other plans. Can you imagine listening to Paul preach after having gone through some of those hardships? Can you imagine how that man brought it? The firmness and the convincing moment of, I'm not moving. My God is worth everything. The Lord Jesus Christ, he died for me and he rose for me and you will not shake me. I stand with my God. I commend him. And I stand with him. May he get all the glory. And all of God's people said, Man, are you there? Are you ready to take a stand no matter what? May God get all the glory. He says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And uh, I had to really stop on those two words. 
See, I would put suffering and rejoicing together. I got that, and I see that in Scripture in a lot of places, and my mind thinks that way. You know, there can be suffering, but we need to rejoice in that. Count it all joy, right? Those kinds of statements. But this is sorrowful. Deep in the soul, a heaviness or a sadness, and yet rejoicing. Sorrowful can still rejoice. It probably shapes our understanding of rejoicing maybe better than any other moment in Scripture that I've had for me. As I start to understand that whether there's tears in my eyes, whether my knees are pained because I'm on them so much in prayer, or whether I'm smiling and enjoying something great, I can rejoice. Right? We think of rejoicing and we're like, we picture one of your favorite sports teams winning. And you're like, yeah! Notice I didn't say bears there. I didn't didn't say that. (laughs) But you're like, yes, I can't believe it. And we like rejoice when something great goes on. And that's so true. We're celebrating something good going on. And the catch here is in the midst of some of our pain, we realize that my God has died for me. My God has risen for me. My God has paid the price and he is paving the way. He is shaping me one degree of glory at a time. My God has it in hand. And while this brings sorrow, this brings rejoicing. I will celebrate him. That's what it looks like. May he get all the glory. Man, huge. As we learn to navigate these waters, not just looking for easy passes, but actually looking for God to be glorified. As poor yet making many rich. I love that. He's like, really? I'm poor. Yeah. Then how am I making others rich? Because I'm not poor. That's how. Because Christ has shared with me the greatest rich in the universe, and I'm sharing that out with you, and many are becoming rich beyond measure. Adopted into the family of the king. You are a child of the king. Praise be to God. And Paul's like, poor, only by your measure, not by mine. And uh, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. Uh, Yes, going through struggles and heartaches. Yes, wrestling uh, in times of need and hurt. But my God will get the glory. And, uh, And what a huge deal. Just so you understand, being about the church, being about your Savior, Jesus Christ, making much of his name as you wake up in the morning and deciding to live your day for him does make you an enemy of Satan. Does. You have decided to be a kingdom builder. And I'm telling you, you're dangerous because your God is with you and you have taken a stand. And in the midst of that, man, we do. We enter a spiritual war. And we better understand that while we take a stand for Christ, there is someone then wanting to take a stand against us. Don't fear. Your God is with you. And all of God's people said... Man, this war is already won. We are standing up and saying, uh, I'm with him. That's what it looks like. You're not fighting this battle on your own. You're pointing to Jesus Christ and you're declaring out you are thrilled and excited to be with the Savior of the universe. And he's already put it all in hand. Praise be to God. Man, kingdom building. It's, it's messy and it's huge. Paul is all about planting a church. He was excited about getting something like this going, about planting multiple churches and even getting church plant idea going. Paul is writing to the church planted in Corinth and 
and super fired up about what's going on there and wanting to see them grow. And I love Paul's view and vision towards church and church planting. You guys know we are a church planting organization, passionate about it, super excited to see Christ glorified as more and more churches are formed that are making much of Jesus Christ. And, and um, you know, I told you this a couple weeks ago, super fired up about a potential that could be out there and what it means, whether we go with it or just stay friends to it. And I was talking about a trip to Dallas. Let's just throw this pick up. So uh, there's some things going on in Dallas this last week. I went down there with, uh, there were about 200 other men that rallied together representing churches. We had about 120 churches represented, 105 to 110 of those being harvests. And uh, there was a sweet time of power prayer. There was some phenomenal worship going on. Great preach, call to humility. God, what do you have next? And uh, that's what we were going after is, Lord, what does this look like? And we're truly not sure. Uh, what it's going to look like. There was a challenge, a very clear organizational challenge of what could be with the next steps in planting as we all partner together. Remember, we are, I'm going to say it again here, ready? We are an independent church. Everybody say independent. We are, we're independent, and so is every one of these that showed up here, but we're talking about what does it look like to be partnered together in some way, in a friendly way, and rally together, and let's see where we go from here. I mean, can you imagine if through the midst of partnering with something like this, they're like, imposter! Can you imagine? Paul getting accused for being a part of an exciting potential of growing the church for Jesus Christ. And uh, man, Paul was going through it as he just looked for cities to plant in and God to lead and getting letters back to churches to lift them up and support them in church planting. He was excited about what could be. May God get all the glory. And uh, he was taking a stand for Jesus and taking a hit for it. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing at taking a stand for Jesus Christ? How are you doing at figuring out where God is at work and stepping up with him? Of saying, I follow Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and he rose again. He's my king. Maybe you're taking heat in your family, or maybe you're taking heat from friends or coworkers. Maybe there's a neighbor down the block. Whatever it is, are you feeling a pressure because you've taken a stand for the Savior of the universe? Man, know this. God is at work. We long for the life that Jesus Christ brings, for the hope that Jesus Christ brings and for the victory that he guarantees. And all of God's people said, man, lay your life in his hands, declaring out, I am ready to live for you, no obstacles and no faults. May they rightly be able to see who you are. I don't know where I'm going or what's gonna happen, but Lord, may you be glorified. And may God truly be celebrated in your life, no matter which way things go. That was the call from the organization there in Dallas as we kind of rallied together. And, and we're now praying through that. Be praying for us as a church and wisdom there and a wisdom in uh, the next steps. We may be a part of that going forward. We may not. We're trying to work that all out in this next month as are 100 plus other churches. And who knows what comes from that? And uh, maybe it's something huge, maybe not. But I at least wanted you guys to know what is going on with it. And I also want you to be considering what does it look like now for you personally? to be taking your stand for Jesus Christ.
no matter what. May he get all the glory. Living thankfully is living with resolve. Okay? Number three. Love others and do not hold back. Love others and do not hold back. Uh, it says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. And uh, just so you know, Paul doesn't use the name of the church in the middle of the letter, except when he's really, really exuberant, happy, or when he's pretty disappointed, okay? So this is one of those moments when he's using the name of the church where it's like he's calling out their first and middle name. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I always knew I was really in trouble with my parents when I heard Timothy David, right? Timothy David, uh-oh, here it comes now, right? Nothing good comes after your first and middle name together. That's, that's just the way it goes, right? Timothy David, yes, I love you. No, you never heard that. No, you never heard that, right? And that, that's just not the way it goes down. And when Paul throws your name into the middle here, he's definitely calling out some pretty high heat, and he's like, hey, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Like, please, I've told you everything clearly now. You're going to need to take a stand with us and for us. You're going to have to grasp what you're called to and through. You're going to need to go know that everything we've shared is sharing the whole truth and now trusting in the power of God with purity, counting on God to do an amazing work. No obstacle or fault in our ministry. Come on, you guys. Come along now. Right? That's what he's saying. He says, we've spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. Like, we love you. We care about you. We're longing for the best for you. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. You are not restricted by us. Like, we aren't the ones limiting you in any way. Be careful, you're limiting you with what you're choosing to care about. That's what affections means. Where you've placed your heart, where you've placed your passions, where you have your longings. Did you know that whatever you value will restrict you? Period. Whatever you value will restrict you. There are things you will go after to get what you value. There are things you're going to have to avoid because it's counter to what you value. Whatever you value will restrict you. And make sure you value Jesus Christ and his glory as number one. And just so you know, it does restrict you. You're like, really? Following Christ restricts me. Yeah, man. That's what the call to purity is all about. Setting down sin and self. Setting down just lifting me up and making much of me, setting that all down. It is going to be about Jesus Christ. And as I go after my affection being Christ, yes, there is a cost of setting down self and self-gratification and self-protection. Are you hearing all the self words? Self-gratification and self-protection, and that's gone. I am trusting in Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. And what we value will always restrict us. And Paul is like, your affections are restricting you. Be careful. The things you're into, the things you're caring about, the things you're valuing and longing are costing you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Be careful. What are you valuing? What things are you looking at in your life that you wish you had 
that you longed for, that you're going after, that are other than Jesus Christ and Him glorified. Men, be careful. Whatever comes above Christ will clearly limit and restrict you in every way possible to your worship of Him. Okay? Set down what's counter to Christ. Right here and right now. Done with that sin. Done with that attitude. Done with that action. Done with that goal you want to accomplish that's all about you. Time for Christ to be put center stage. All right? He says, our heart is wide open. And then then the last verse here, verse 13, he says, in return, like because our heart is wide open, here you go, back at you now. I speak to you as children. That's always fun to hear, right? He's like, just so you know, you're not really getting it. And I'm going to have to make this really crystal clear for you. I speak to you as children. Widen your hearts also. Make sure you have a love and passion for Jesus Christ. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Widen your heart. Not restrict and protect. Not half truth and control. Widen your heart and let God get all the glory. May your passion for your Savior and your passion for your neighbor be unparalleled to anything you've ever lived before. Wide open hearts. You on fire for Jesus Christ. Being able to share a testimony like you heard from these baptisms where they're saying words like, it was rock bottom, I was never lower. And the next word is amazing, but. Right? Because God does work through the midst of affliction. And all of God's people said, man, get to love that word, but. I'm just telling you, it's hurting me, but. My God is doing something amazing. I will live thankfully. The salvation that God promises has come. I will rejoice in what I have in him. I am living for my king. Whatever he chooses to walk me through, I will make much of him. And all of God's people said, live thankfully. No matter what, may your God get all the glory. Man, as we wrestle through these hard times, may we lift him up.